another edition of Editors on Topic with the Design World Senior Editorial Staff. Today we're going to be talking about the Internet of Things. And the Internet of Things is, is a huge buzzword, or maybe you want to call it a buzz term. Um, sometimes it's called Internet of Things, sometimes it's called big data, sometimes it's called um, Industry 4.0, or, or uh, 4.0. Cyber Physical Systems is a big one we heard at the NI Week uh, yeah. last year in Austin, Texas. The programmable world is the one I've heard. So th these are all fine and good, but what, is it, what does it really mean? And, and to a design engineer, do they really care? Should they really care? Leslie, you, you wrote an article about this not, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, is this something that our readers should really care about? I think they need to be aware of it, but it's really more of an evolution rather than an evol a revolutionary kind of a stance. The media hype makes it sound like this is the next big thing, but frankly, it's been going on for 20 plus years. Basically, what it really is, is as we are able to put in more smarts into smaller and smaller devices, we have the ability to connect more and more factory components together and gather data from literally just about everything. And that's kind of the goal of it. But it all started because President Obama made a recent comment on how the nation should create a smart manufacturing infrastructure and approach that lets operators make real-time use of big data from fully instrumented plants. And then GE recently did a paper called The Industrial Internet pushing the boundaries of mines and machines, and you've got forecasters like Gartner and McKinsey claiming that the Internet of Things is going to be a 1.9 to a 6.2 trillion market by 2025, so that's where all the buzz is coming from. But really, I think it's just the ability to add, infra add smarts, add intelligence into smaller and smaller devices and get more information. My big thing is, what are you going to do with all that information? There's a lot of it. Do you really think all that additional information is going to fine-tune your processes even more? What kind of efficiencies do you expect to get out of it? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I think the more information that manufacturing manufacturers can gather, not only about their internal processes, but about what their customers are doing, how they're buying, what they're buying, you know, the more they know about their product and their processes, the better decisions they can make. You know, they can uh, make their processes leaner, they can troubleshoot, they can fix problems faster. You know, a lot of products are shipping now with sensors on board mm -hmm. that will tell the manufacturer, in some cases before the actual customer knows that something is awry and they needs maintenance. And they can actually be proactive about providing them with, with guidance on how to main, you know, maintain that product before failure actually occurs. So I think you know, there are a lot of things that, you know, there's just so much information. I think a lot of improvements need to come from the data analytics side, the software side. Right now it's still very complicated to use and it takes, you know, yeah a rocket science brain to understand and wrap your arms around it. So I think a lot of advances are going to come there. But yeah, I think it does offer a lot of value for a company, for an organization. I do wonder, though, because there's a lot of comments about how you're going to have a talking refrigerator, a talking stove, a talking washing machine. And this is more the market-driven side of things. By putting intelligence in everything, it'll give advertisers and marketers more information so that they can pitch stuff to you. <laughs> Better. And I'm sure our audience is going to be involved in creating those kinds of products. Right. I'm not interested in Some that. of that's already happening. You look yeah. at uh, Nest, the Nest thermostat, right. which was right. 
bought by Google, Google so you know it's you know yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. Um, there is a program if you have the Nest thermostat, you can roll in basically that you're more willing to help your local utility and Nest or Google now has, has partnered with a number of utilities across the uh, across the country. There's a program called Rush Hour Rewards. If you sign up for it, basically you're saying during the high peak times, I'm willing to you know, in the summertime, okay, my house can be a couple degrees warmer. And they're using all these algorithms that they have from all the people networked in whose homes are all, you know, they know what time you want it warmer, what time you want it cooler, what, you know, what your family's schedule is. And it just, it sucks all this big data in and figures out who it needs to like, you know, okay, yeah, we're gonna put this in this in this house a little warmer because they signed up for it. it it's a pretty interesting concept. And for, for a utility, it's a great yeah. way to manage their demand and Absolutely. their load. Yeah. And the insurance industry, you know, it's going to be huge for the insurance industry, putting sensors in cars and b basically having people pay yeah. based on their driving behavior. <laughs> I don't have a problem with this. Other people, obviously, are probably not going to be as excited about it because maybe they're, you know, not as safe for drivers. But, I mean, that's going to be much more efficient for insurers, you know, and we're not all going to get treated the same, which we shouldn't. We should be paying based on our, our driving record and our driving behavior. Not I'm excited about it for as my kids grow toward Absolutely. driving age because if they know they're being monitored Absolutely. by something in the car, I'm all for that. I'm all for Big Brother in the car when my kids are driving. I agree. agree. But does this speak to privacy? At all? Oh, absolutely. You know, what are we going to have to sit there's, down? There's no privacy when you're 17 years old and you're driving Dad's car. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I think the safety concerns outweigh privacy concerns. Yeah. Certainly in this particular situation. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think privacy is going to be a big issue because I mean, if we, if 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 everything that we use and every device that we use daily is networked somehow and talking yeah. or sending back data, yeah. I mean, where in the world do you go where you're not connected, where you're not networked? I mean, it, it, it sounds like it sounds like privacy is just gone. Then it sounds like there's 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 no privacy. And I I mean I for one I, mean, I don't have kids, so that's that probably you know if I did maybe I think about that a little bit differently. But uh, I mean certainly just looking at it as a larger uh, societal or cultural issue, I think I think that's a that's a that's a huge deal. I mean yeah. I think that's a that's a that's a very big deal. Well, there's yeah. a lot who would argue we don't have privacy now. Right. Right. Well, that's what people would like to argue, that you don't have privacy, because someone can stand to benefit from your lack of privacy. Anytime you're on so, the internet, there's well, somebody yeah. tracking everything right. you're doing. And anytime that you, yeah. I mean, not just not just the internet, but like, you know, like anytime you go to the grocery store, you use like little buy. cards and right. all that, and they, they yeah. keep track of kind of what you're buying. I mean, you know, it's... Miles it's, likes it's Wheaties, but he never buys <laughs> organic milk. I never know, yeah. Right. Yeah. I just right. go with the, with the standard milk, you know, so... Um, but you know, I mean, those. I mean, those things are. Yeah. Those things are going to be more and more of an issue, I think. Sure. But again, I think you know you're right. But I think you have to balance again the security, privacy issues with the potential benefits. You know, imagine you have a heart valve in your heart, and it malfunctions. I don't think he has a heart. My, okay. my in your case, this would not apply. <laughs> but right. for someone else who does, um, some sort of implantable medical device. Yeah. They will know when something is wrong with it mm -hmm. before something catastrophic happens to you. You know, mm -hmm. uh, even they're talking about embedding small sensors in medication mm -hmm. that you ingest, and yeah. then they can tell if there's any interactions going on that you know you need to be aware of. I mean, I, I really do think the potential benefits outweigh the privacy, which, mm -hmm. like you've all said, our privacy. Mm -hmm. How much mm -hmm. of that do we even have anymore? And, and you know, these sensors—it's not like they're going to be embedding them under your arm while you sleep. You're going to have <coughs> there some is a Texas, expression. There is a Texas school district which has implanted RF uh, uh, ID sensors into students, 
to monitor them, like to make sure that they're in school, that they're not playing. These I are wanted like to do kids. this to my teenagers for well, years. Well, okay, but I, but I mean, but that's a little that's a little creepy. That's a creepy. Right? I, I, and I you know, so that, like, is that what we're is you know is that what we're coming to to kind of say, well, okay, I think I think that's okay, and I think that's okay. Like, where's it gonna you know, mm -hmm. where's it gonna end? I think. I mean, I know that can sound like a slippery slope kind of argument too, but I mean, well, to me, but it, it should be talked about. It brings up the question. At what point are engineers going to be involved in ethical questions like that? I think they already are, and well, I think they, they already are. should be, should have been for the past hundred years, probably. And do they you know? get a say? Well, that's that's a different issue, yeah. right? Because they're not the ones running the companies, right? So, right. I, I kind of want to take it back to um, you know we talked about the article that you wrote, and there's something that, that I thought was interesting from your article, Leslie, where you said. The term the Internet of Things is really a catch-all expression. Right. It describes the use of devices that can be connected to the Internet from industrial components to smart appliances and mobile devices. I mean, do you think that really says everything there is about the Internet of Things? Because when I think of that and, and big data and whatever else we're going to call it, I think of it as, as a way to be more efficient, to kind of see patterns of how things are used. It's not just the fact that they're connected, but like how do systems interconnect and how you know, maybe there's a, a way you've designed something and you, you don't realize how people are going to use it. Maybe they're using it in a different way than the designer thought. And, and I think that's where I see it as something really exciting that could be useful and really sure. game-changing. And, and that's going to become probably the next phase is how do we value this information? And it's, should some of it be more private? Should some mm -hmm. of it be more open? But that was a quote from uh, somebody else in the article. Okay. But I thought, it, I thought it represented it pretty well as saying that Basically, it is a buzz phrase. Mm -hmm. It is a term that marketing people are using sure. to try to garner up a lot of sales. Mm -hmm. And a lot of tech companies are behind it because they want you to buy their intelligent devices and install them in your other stuff. But I've also noticed, too, though, that, that uh, some companies that I've been working with or you know, looking at lately, uh, they're, they're also starting to offer products and services that are kind of you know, under the, under the catch-all of, of this, this, this mm -hmm. term. Uh, and like part of what they're offering is just like, you know, uh, sensing capabilities or uh, networking capabilities or something like that, which which is really what what's at the at the heart of all this, right? Having some kind of sensor that's that's right. giving you some kind of data and some way to send that data back somewhere where it's going to get analyzed and put into some kind of use, right? So, right. Well, I know one of the big players in, in my space in the design world is you know PTC, and they bought a. a Internet of Everything company called ThingWorks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, they're obviously looking at it from the product design side. Mm -hmm. How can we make use of this data to improve processes, you know, design process, manufacturing processes, you know, looking at the whole life cycle of products. Um, you know, they've yet to announce what the product will be, but, it'll, you know, it's obviously something they're keeping a close eye on, and they do believe it will be a, a player in, in product design. I mean, it will, it will affect how products are designed. I think the bottom line is that the engineer is going to be faced with in putting in more intelligence in absolutely everything mm -hmm. that they develop and design. And well, one of the comments that came through in the article that I thought was interesting is, you will find companies who are like, I'm not ready to go there yet. Mm -hmm. Install the capability anyway, make it turn on, turn offable for a future time when that company gets to that point. But I think all engineers are eventually going to have to install intelligence in just about anything and everything. And that's been happening, you know, as, yeah. as, it's, it's as, as we pointed out over yeah. the last 15, 20 years, that's yeah. been happening slowly and gradually. And yeah, that's we can only do gonna, smaller and smaller sensors. Smaller, smaller, smaller sensors, smaller better and better, yeah. you know, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and sure. But all it's these not other a huge, big revolution. You know, if your CEO comes it's down and says, we got to do yeah. this, yeah. you can say, we've been doing it. I think yeah. you're right. I mean, it is. 
Right. It is right. a steady growth, steady, you know. Evolution. And there's still a lot of issues with the technology components that have to all play together in this space. You know, even the sensors, you know, they're talking about sensors if they're on people or things that are moving, the, the issue of ha them having to be recalibrated. How do you know if those sensors are actually operating the way they should if they're not in a stable environment, they're out moving around and, and you know, temperature changes and whatnot, you know. So I think there's a lot of things that have to kind of piece together. But, you know, there's a lot of inertia behind it, certainly. So it's hard to believe that it won't, you know, It'll continue. Yeah. But I don't think it's the huge big thing that media companies are hyping. No, it's marketers that are making it a big buzz. But, yeah. you know, every new technology started out as a buzz idea at one time. And then, you know. Yeah, I just wanted to let the engineers know you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of great comments we had here. We're interested to know what you think about the Internet of Things or whatever you call it. So please make sure to comment on the video below and also check out our other videos at www.designworldonline.com. Thanks for joining us.